Welcome everyone, I'm Connie Albers. You are listening to Equipped to Be. I have a question for you. Do you have boys? Are you a grandparent of boys or maybe you coach or you're a teacher? Have you noticed that raising boys is different than girls? Not harder, not easier. Oftentimes I get the question, how do you raise a boy to be a risk taker, adventurous, an explorer, fearless? How do you raise them to also be kind and compassionate and others focused? Seems like a tall order, doesn't it? And so I've invited a special guest, Mark Hancock, to the program today, and we're going to talk about Trail Life USA, how he and his organization help families raise strong boys to become strong, godly men. Stick around. I know you're going to enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Equipped to Be. Listen, I told you we had a great guest in the program. Mark Hancock is CEO, as I said in the intro, of Trail Life. He's an author, a speaker, a dad. And we are going to talk, just have a great conversation because he is passionate about helping us raise our children, our boys, to become men, masculine men, not men that are rough and not afraid and take risks, but wise risks. And he also wants our children to know and love the Lord. And that's what I love about Trail Life. And so I've asked Mark to join us for the program. And Mark, thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy man. Thanks, Connie. I'm really thrilled to be here with you today. Well, it's always fun to see you on the road when we're on the speaking circuit. We'll bump into each other and pretty much say, hey, hey, we should get to, we should talk more. And, you know, it it's the nature of the work that we do and the ministries that we have. But I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about you, whatever you want to share that makes my listeners that may not know about you and the ministries that you have and that you're working in so that they become a little familiar with you before we dive in. Wow. I love that question because I get to talk about my favorite subjects. That's that's me. So <laughs> yeah. I have an interesting journey. I was raised in a church-going family, but I never encountered uh, Christ in a real way until well after college. And when I graduated from college, I opened an advertising agency and ran that for about 15 years. And it just wasn't fulfilling for me. And I ran into an old friend from high school who had who had encountered Christ. And his life uh, so convicted me and who was that he was that that really brought me to Christ at that point. And at that point, I started closing down my advertising agency that, that had grown really quickly and was very successful because I just, I just couldn't be passionate about it anymore. I went back to school. I got a couple of degrees in mental health counseling and marriage and family therapy from Christian uh, and also secular uh, universities. And so I was in private practice for a while doing that. Also, pastoral roles, uh, associate pastor. I ran a homeless ministry for a while. Uh, my wife and I did therapeutic foster care uh, for, for kids, primarily boys, for a number of years. And we invested along the way. We, we collected real estate and had a small finance company and did, did a couple other things. And for a while, I, uh, for about five years, I got to travel around the world putting together evangelistic campaigns uh, as a volunteer. I remember putting together uh, campaigns where we, there'd be 100,000 people in our in our meetings in Africa. We're all, we all went to five continents, putting those together. So that was that was a thrilling expedition. But my wife and I also raised two boys and homeschooled them, and we're active in a Boy Scout troop. And in about 2013. The Boy Scouts started showing that signs of they were going to be letting go of some of their more traditional uh, biblical values move in a direction that, frankly, our family just couldn't go. And uh, it's about 300 volunteers across the country started talking about the idea of what would a, a Christ-centered Boy Scouts look like? And that was the germ, the seed for Trail Life USA. And so in 2013, 50 of us gathered in Louisville, Kentucky. And then 68 days later, in Nashville, Tennessee, we had 1,200 people, 1,100 men, 
when we had our inaugural convention where we released the name, the design, the function, the uh, what, it, what this program was going to look like. Governor Mike Huckabee was our keynote address, and uh, we had Dr. Uh, Michael Ferris came and spoke to us. I'm sure you're familiar with Mr. Yeah, Ferris Alliance he wrote Defending the Freedom. I think for he's, my book. Oh, did he really? Yeah. yeah, he he spoke at our inaugural convention. He's wow. a great supporter of Chair Life. And then 90 days after that, we launched on January 1st, 2014. And since then, Trail Life has grown to over 55,000 members. We're in all 50 states, and we're active in about 1,200 churches. So uh, that's that's been my journey to today, uh, serving as CEO of Trail Life. So, you know, it's interesting, your advertising background and all the different parts and pieces of your story led to being allowing you to be able to be well-suited for this movement that has really taken off. And it's to me, I always love to hear the story of how somebody got to where they are today, because it's never linear. It's, it's, it's mm. always a zigzag story. And you're like, well, okay, well, what, God, what are you doing here? And I love that because Trail Life is an adventure program for boys. I mean, it challenges boys to grow in character, which is so badly needed, to serve their community. Again, so many folks want to be served, but they don't want to serve others and to follow Christ. And that's what I, I have come to know. The more you and I've talked, the more I was preparing for our, our interview. And as I was talking to my own kids who have little boys, you know, my grandbabies, uh, we're looking around going, what can our kids get into that we know is safe and is, is we can trust? We can trust them with the precious gift of our kids. And so I love that it's Christ-centered and boy-focused. Let's talk a little bit about some of the distinctives, because parents of uh, when I've always talked about it, they've said, well, isn't that the same thing as the Boy Scouts? And you touched on it. But trail life is is a lot different. There's some uniqueness to it. And I'd love for you to unpack a little bit of that. Yeah, it really is. And I, and I like that question because um, I, I can actually share a story. Uh, I, I think I was in, I want to say I was in, in St. Louis at a homeschool convention. And I had a mother walk up to my table, homeschool mom. She leaned over, she slapped her hands on the table and she said, all right. She said, I've got Trail Life Troop 30 minutes away, and I've got a Boy Scout Troop five minutes away. Why should I put my boys in Trail Life? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) I love that. And I said, well, ma'am, is there a school bus that goes by your house? And she said, yes. I said, wouldn't it be great just to shuffle those kids out the door and put them on that bus, and you can sit around and eat bonbons and watch Oprah all day? (laughs) She said, I'm not going to do that with my kids. I said, exactly. I said, you're already doing the mm. difficult thing because you know it's right. And so people look at Trail Life and they say, well, gosh, you're a lot like Boy Scouts. You have handbooks and troops and patrols and outdoor adventure and a robust awards program and uniforms and you're doing all those things. I say, yeah, that is true. But there's two things that really set us apart. And you, and you hit on these. We are Christ-centered, mm-hmm. which means we're unapologetically Christian. We're not just a outdoor organization that's having a Christian experience. We are at our core, a Christian ministry that uses the outdoors to turn boys into godly men. And the second thing, we're boy-focused. Boys and girls are different. And both of those things, uh, Boy Scouts, uh, that's no longer in their DNA. They've kind of set those spaces aside. And the confusion around gender blurring, all those sorts of things is, is wreaking havoc on it, particularly on our boys today. And um, Boy Scouts, even though they gave us you know, over 100 years of senators and astronauts and generals and presidents, and they walked away from that kind of boy-centric approach, understanding what turns boys into men. And they left that space uh, to trail life. And they also walked away from some of the more biblical values in terms of their definition of human sexuality and family and those sorts of things. And that's very different about trail life. So if those things are important to you, and that's basically what I was saying to that mother at that homeschool convention, if it's important to you, 
and the organization is Christ-centered and boy-focused, then, yeah, there's really not a choice. It's, it's not like we're an alternative. We, we're, we're the just only one you're going, yeah. you're going to choose. Yeah. But if, but if you're okay sending your kids just, you know, wherever and with values that may conflict with yours or, or, or whatever. And like you said, it's difficult for parents today to make these kind of decisions. We want our kids to be involved in community type things and working with other families and being around other kids and things that they enjoy. But it's so difficult to find it. Even with the sports, you, you put them in a sports program and you think, gosh, this is going to be so good for them. But they you run across a coach or other kids or other parents who maybe use language you don't use or have attitudes that you don't want to encourage in your kids, your kids or whatever. And you don't have a right in that place to say, hey, guys, you know, the Bible says we should be respectful of one another. We should love one another. We should. You, you can't stand up in a lot of those settings and say that. But in trail life, it's it's expected because it we like I said we're unapologetically Christian. We point to the values of the Word of God that have created generations of winning and focused and, and godly good men, and uh, we're restoring those values through trail life. So I have a question. I'm a mother of three, and my boys are grown. My all of my kids are all grown up. Three are married, and we have some grandbabies. And so people often will ask me about raising the kids and the difference, et cetera. And so have you found in what you're doing, do you feel like there's just, just a real crisis with raising boys in general? It really is. In our culture today, boys are they're really in trouble. I mean, if there's any other segment of our population that was dealing with it, the statistics that we're seeing in boys today, we would be, you know, picketing in the streets to get them help. You know, boys are now twice as likely to be in special education, three times more likely to have ADHD. They've fallen behind girls in every single academic category. There's now more girls going to college than boys. Mm. It's a reversal of a trend. There's no more men living at home than have lived at home since they started counting that in 1960. There is something going on, and it's and it's tragic. Place where boys are leading, age 10 to 14, suicide rate, the fastest growing suicide rate in their culture. So there's something going on with boys, and it's like we're treating them as if they're some sort of defective girl. We're not letting boys be boys. In fact, we have a book that's free right now for download at trailoffusa.com called Let Boys Be Boys. And we talk about the three uh, strategies for, for creating winning men from boys. Let me talk about things about the differences between boys and girls biologically, socially, developmentally. Any legitimate science shows you that there's difference between boys and girls, differences between men and women. And so we point out those differences and talk about how they affect a boy. A lot of the settings that boys are in today, it's sit still, be quiet, pay attention. Boys are not wired for that. You know, their eyes are different. Their ears are different. Their brains are different. The way they learn is different. That boy who's sitting in the classroom and can't sit still, it's because Harvard scientists will tell us boys need to be moving in order for the brain to be engaged. So they're fidgeting in that seat because they're telling you, if you want my brain, you're going to have to take this movement also. But instead, we're looking at them saying, well, they're hyperactive. They can't sit still. They can't pay attention. And it's just destroying them. Yeah, you know that the latest studies are showing that even though boys are performing in a lot of in a lot of ways in test taking and, and things like that, some of the SATs and college entry scores, they're performing along with girls, but their GPAs are a lot lower. And uh, so they say that boys are learning in a lot of cases, are learning what girls are, but teachers are rating them lower because of these behavioral social issues that are just different. And that's unfair to boys oh, because I think it's honestly, it's the GPA that gets you into college. And that's that's important when colleges are looking. So it's sad that they're learning what girls are learning, but they're being rated lower. And that study was just released. It's shocking. 
So like I said, it, it's like boyhood is some kind of social disease that we're trying to eradicate instead of recognizing that some of these things that boys have are exactly what's made our culture successful over the years. Yeah, I homeschooled my kids. And so I can tell you my fifth child just struggled to sit still. I mean, if I told him to sit in your seat, you know, it's like that's what, you know, home, school at home is how I started. It's not how I ended, but it's definitely how I started. It's like I didn't know anything else. And I would say, sit still so we can do this. And the whole time I would be telling him to sit still, his mind was saying, sit still, sit still, sit still, sit still, instead of listening to what I was saying. I would buy fidget toys. I would talk for 10 minutes or teach for 10 minutes and then let him go play for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And I learned like, because that was how we had to do it. It's like, I was going to help you learn in the way that you learn, acknowledging that it's not wrong. It's just the way that you are. And, you know, here he grew up thinking, I'm never going to get into college. I'm never going to be able to do this and that. I'm like, yes, you will. You'll learn. You will grow, you will mature, and then you will learn things, coping skills for some of them, because if you have a short tension span, then you learn to modify and adjust. We all do. We all have something that we have to learn to manage. I guess that's the best way to say it. Not view it as a weakness, but view it as something, okay, this is who I am. This is how God made me. And this is what we need to do. So I can totally relate with the whole trying to give the fidget toys. And, you know, listeners, if you've got a child and you feel like they're a struggling learner, especially a boy, because we're really focusing on boys today, and you're trying everything and everything is just leading you to conflict and arguing and not getting anything done and your relationship is suffering, I just invite you, just step back and start studying your child. Get to know the child that you have. That little boy, how does he think? How does he feel? How does he process the world around them? And enter in where he is and then help him, guide him, direct him, instruct him in the way that he should go. And it's not cookie cutter. Raising children isn't cookie cutter. It's tailor-made. And, and that's what each child is uniquely different. So when you were talking about the, the crisis and just the whole what's happening in, in our schools, and our culture and society... When I think of trail life, because my kids and I were talking about this again, I have a couple of grandbabies and, you know, we're scrutinizing the music videos now, uh, what's on television. You know, they've made some very interesting changes in their dynamic because they want their, their boys to, you know, if they fall down, just say, oops, ouch, get a Band-Aid and not have the world fall apart. They want their boys to grow up to be godly, strong men. And it, that's in a culture where it's not actually encouraged. And so we were talking about trail life and what you're doing. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about, like, what does that structure look like? Yeah, well, we're formed in troops that are chartered by churches, and we're just not a group that meets in the basement. We consider ourselves an outreach of that local church. That pastor, that lead pastor, understands what trail life is. He's agreed to our, our principles, to our values, our statement of faith, our membership standards. They understand the value of having a trail life troop in their church in terms of how you can reach boys in a way that uh, is boy-focused. You can invite a boy for forever to your Sunday school, another place that he needs to sit still, be quiet, pay attention, and he's not going to be excited about that. But you invite him to Trail Off USA Troop, where he's going to be hiking and bouldering and whitewater rafting and zip lining and with a bunch of boys having fun. Yeah. Then, then, then you've got that boy's that boy's heart. And so, so we do meet through churches. We start at kindergarten or five or six years old. Uh, we've converted from grades to ages because about 60% of our boys in trail life are homeschooled. And so a <laughs> yeah, lot of parents are like, oh, I can't yeah. really tell you what grade he's in. <laughs> so we start at five to six years old, and then we go up through 17. And then at 18, they become an adult member of Trail Life USA if they want to continue. They stop earning awards at that point, but they're taking leadership roles. 
and they all meet at the same time. Like with Boy Scouts, you had Cub Scouts. And then at some point you had to leave that group and go find another one that was Boy Scouts. We started kindergarten, go all the way up in one single troop, but we're broken up into units. We have our, our Woodlands Trail, which is boys from about five to 10 or 11 years old. Then we have our Navigators, which are boys about 11 years old, all up to about 13 or 14. And then we have our Adventures, which is 14, 15, all the way through uh, 17. So it's kind of broken down like elementary, middle, and high school. So those units, they all meet at the same night. They start out together, but then they split. and They do their separate things because they're learning at different levels and they're working on on different things. But it's all it's all tied together. So as a Woodlands Trailman, you're going to you're focusing on knowledge because we know that at that age they have a tremendous ability to memorize a lot of things, and so they're gaining knowledge. You know, how does how does fire work? What is why do I need fire? Why is fire important? Why is why is a tent important? Why do I need the outdoors? How does weather work? All sorts of values badges, apologetics badges, things like that that they're working on. It's not all outdoor skills, all kinds of things, personal resources, family man, those sorts of things. So on the younger boys are focusing on knowledge. The middle grade boys are focusing on understanding where they're starting to take those facts and begin to understand why they're important. And then the high school boys are working on wisdom. And that's they're taking that knowledge and their understanding and they're under and they're figuring out how to apply it. And how do we think about it in their own way and some critical thinking about, gosh, what do I do with this information? Why is it important that uh, you know, who our founding fathers were or what the symbolism is behind our flag or slew of citizenship and values and outdoor fitness badges? And why are these things important? And so developmentally, we're matching the development and growth of boys along the way, but we're doing it at boys' speed. <laughs> boys develop more slowly intellectually uh, and emotionally than girls. A lot of times they're put in school and they're asked to keep up with them. And what boys learn is that they can't keep up. And at some point, intellectually, they catch up and even surpass girls in many cases. But by that time, sometimes it's too late. They've already figured out that they don't fit in there. So we give them a place where they do fit in because they're surrounded by, uh, you know, working with other boys, surrounded by godly men who are helping them to develop. So they have these great male role models helping them see what it means to be a man. You know, a lot of boys in our culture today are unguided because one in four boys now yeah. don't have a man, uh, a father in the household. And they go to school and 76% of the teachers are female. And then they go to Sunday school and 86% of the teachers are female. So girls have these wonderful role models. So they know what it means to be successful and to grow up into a woman. Boys are lacking these models. So we're giving them those models in trail life. That's, that's one of the reasons we're being so successful. Now, you know, Mark, you've mentioned a few times, you know, men that are involved and they're teaching and training, but these men are dads, right? Most of them are, are dads. And something that you just touched on a second ago, and that is the fatherlessness that so many fathers are absent from the home. I happen to be, you know, a casualty of a very bitter, nasty divorce. And when my parents divorced, I, I never saw my dad again the rest of my childhood. And I think I only saw him twice after I turned 18. And and that was the one thing. And, and I always struggle. I mean, that was some of those things you have to work through when you become an adult is, man, that was more painful than I thought. That absence, that side of life and training and developing and loving culture and nurturing was never there. So that made life more difficult for me as I got married. I didn't have a, that trusting relationship with my husband because it wasn't modeled. But there was something I want us to talk about the importance of dads. One of the dads that actually was talking about the side benefit was the relationship within their own father-son. That dynamic changed and grew as well because the son is seeing the dad in a leadership role 
seeing him live it out. It's not like, hey, dad's going off to work. I don't know what he's doing. And he comes home and this is the kind of person he is here. He's seeing dad and is the story matching. So let's talk about the roles of dads, because I believe that is a huge contributor to the crisis that we're seeing happening in our culture. It really is. You can't look at any statistics and see the, the bad ones as being tied to fatherlessness. And so in Trail Life, one of the things we were kind of surprised by that God worked into the program is, is the levels that it provides this type of connection. So you start with saying the thing that you would assume we're seeing the most of is boys and dads who are joining the organization together. And it's exactly what you say. That boy gets to see his dad in a different way. He gets to see his dad interacting with other men on a combined purpose. He can't go to work and watch his dad do his dad's work and watch him work with other people on getting things done. But on a camping trip or trip or a long hike, he sees how his dad is working with other men. And in that way, he's learning how he can work with other men. Mm-hmm. And so that great example in taking place in the great outdoors where you're surrounded by God's creation. And it's kind of a level playing field where, you know, when my sons were into video games, it's like, you know, I love spending time with my sons. They love spending time with me. But that's an area I didn't have the time to develop, you know, the skills that they did. So I could sit there and watch or spend time with them or whatever and listen to them talk about things. But I couldn't engage with them there because I had a job. (laughs) I couldn't learn how to push all the buttons. So in the outdoors, it's a level playing field. So dads and sons are learning together about some of these outdoor things. Dads don't have to have a great knowledge of the outdoors. We have those guys in the program. They just need to show up and be there with their sons. So there is that powerful bonding. But for the boys who don't have dads, they're finding a place where single moms Mm -hmm. uh, who put their sons in the program because they have cried out to God for men who can help their sons develop, for them to see what a godly man looks like. A lot of these boys have been raised not seeing what a godly man looks like, but seeing a a bad example. Yeah. And so now they're placed in a thing where they see these good men who are all background checked, child safety protection trained, sign our statement of faith, our statement of values. They come in with a personal reference from pastoral staff. So they're there and they're setting an example for those boys. I ran into a single mom in Virginia. She said, 10 years ago, my husband died and left me with a two-year-old son. Mm. She said, I cried out to God, you know, for men that would help me raise my son. She said, here I am 10 years later. My son is 12 years old. He's a navigator in Trail Life USA, and he's surrounded by a group of godly men. My husband will want me to thank you for that. She said, ah, that's just, that's just so powerful. I recently heard about a boy out in California come from home with a single mom. He stood in front of that group of men when he earned one of our highest awards. He said, I need to thank the men in this troop. He said, you taught me how to shave and you taught me how to love Jesus. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, they nail it. Those guys nail it. And if you can imagine being that mom sitting in that room saying, where could I have gone for this? Yeah. Where could I have gone for this? So, so yeah, we are guiding these boys. And then the other secret is how many men we have, Connie, in our organization that don't have a son in the program. But they're there because they love the band of brothers and the men. Wow. And and they love having a shared purpose and saying, we are going to raise the next generation of godly men. I have something to do now. My sit still, be quiet, pay attention on Sunday morning in church has now been converted to don't sit still, <laughs> don't wow. be quiet, have a great time in the outdoors with boys. And that's ministry. That's like a bonus so are, for everything. Guys are saying, i I, I'm in ministry, and they're doing it in a place that satisfies uh, those things. They find their brotherhood. We had a man who did four tours in Afghanistan, came back, and was alone in his apartment. He was just depressed. And the local trail of troop knew about him, and they reached out and they said, can you come help us? We know you got some skills, because you know, he was like seriously military stuff, and we'd love for you to come share. 
And he came to me and said, Mark, with tears in his eyes, he said, I have found my band of brothers. He said, I came back from Afghanistan thinking, I'm never going to have what I had in Afghanistan, that close-knit group of guys who are focused on a purpose together. Hmm. But here I am serving in this trail of USA troop. These guys are my brothers, and I have found my band of brothers. Doesn't even have a son in the program, but the boys love him you know, because he's just a cool guy who knows a lot of cool stuff. And he has found his purpose, and he has found his place, and he's found his band of brothers. So across all those things, for boys who need a dad-like, that's what we call them. They don't have a dad. We got a dad-like for you. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there, someone in the organization who can, who can look out for you. You can look up to you. You have an example of what it means to be a godly man. Boys with dads are enjoying their times with the dads. Dads are enjoying their time with their sons and, and other men. And men without boys are coming in and having a blast and enjoying that band of brothers in a purposeful thing that's raising up the next generation. So it's It's powerful in a lot of ways. It is powerful. And I think I read that you're hitting like a 90% retention. So when people come, some are really excited. Some may be a little hesitant. I don't know what this is going to be about. But I didn't didn't realize, I I had no idea that was a public figure, but that, yeah, that is, (laughs) we're looking at that all all the time in terms of our data and now it's how good of a job we're doing, how much do people like our program. And we have, if you're in the data world or survey world or this type of world, our, our net promoter score is just through the roof, wow. which means that that the people in our organization are extremely high possibility <laughs> that they will recommend other people to be a part of Trail. That's how happy they are with the program. And it's not because we're these amazingly brilliant people. It's because we have just really followed after God in this thing. And and follow the biblical principles that said this is what boys need. Mm-hmm. And we've embraced things like saying boys are ungrounded in our culture. They're not being told about absolute truth and they don't understand there is a so how can you talk to a boy about good or bad or if you don't have a foundation for that? So by using the word of God, we're giving the boys this foundation. By giving them godly men, we're helping to guide them in how to become men. So we're taking advantage of these things that we learn about in the word of God and just putting them into action and we're seeing tremendous uh, results. Well, it would not be good for me to to not ask you, do you find yourself in the organization coming under criticism or scrutiny or any negative publicity? Internally, things are great, but society is topsy-turvied, in my opinion, and it's what's right's wrong, what's wrong's right. You shake your head going, I, I can't even believe what I'm seeing or what's okay. Is the organization getting many people commenting about it, or has God just kind of kept that from even happening? No, there's a, there's always people are unhappy, you know, when you're trying to trying to do something, particularly if you have you know, convictions about it. Yeah. And some cert, certainly we have people who decide that because we are trying to help boys that we don't like girls. Yeah. You know, how can you do the terrible? Well, there's a great organization for girls called American Heritage Girls. It's our sister organization. They do a wonderful job. They're around 20 years before we do. We're good friends with them. So no, we, they're doing a great job. Girls have help. Boys don't have help. They used to have Boy Scouts. They just don't. Yeah. And uh, they're so, draw- I mean, their membership rate has plummeted, hasn't it? It really has. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's it's sad. But people are going to be upset no matter what you do. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh, I know. We know who we are. Yeah. And our, our members know who we are. And we're not radical. We're not social justice warriors. We're just looking at boys saying, hey, we know what they need and we're going to give it to them. And some people aren't going to like that. But, you know, there's nothing you can do of value today that you're not going to have somebody stand up and say you shouldn't be doing that. That's true. Yeah. We can't live in fear and constantly modify what we're doing because somebody might not like what we're saying or doing. That's the truth. Yeah. I tell our men, I said, listen, if you came into this organization and your expectations are going to be universally loved because you're helping boys, you just aren't. You, yeah. It's probably more likely that they're going to burn you 
in the public square, then they're going to build a statue for you. But your convictions are bigger than that. And so you do what's right. And uh, so that's that's sort of our posture. Yeah. I know you've got a new book that came out in December. You mentioned it with Brave Books and the name of that book again. I wrote it down. It's called Too Much Tubular. Too so Much it's, Tubular. It's an, odd, it's an odd odd title, so I can understand not remembering it. <laughs> Too Much Tubular. <laughs> Thrilled to partner with Brave Books. And of course, Brave Books is partnering with authors like uh, Kirk Cameron and Kevin Sorbo and Missy Robertson and, and all kinds of awesome people. So we're in that mix. So December's book for subscribers is Too Much Tubular. And it's written by Brave Books and myself as a Trail of USA book. And uh, so so we're thrilled to be part, partnering with them. I think they have over 30,000 subscribers That's who awesome. get these books up on a monthly basis. And then you can also buy the book by itself if you want to. But yeah, we love working with Brave Books. Good messages, good strong messages for kids. The graphics are amazing. The story is inspiring. And uh, so, yeah, we're excited about that uh, that launch. Well, I know that I want to respect your time and you've been so gracious to share with us. And again, as a mother of three boys and a grandma of some grandbabies, I am always looking around saying, okay, Lord, what can I do? Where can I lead them? How can I guide them? I know so many of my listeners, I know you are doing the same thing. You're wanting to raise your children. You're wanting to protect them and yet also allow them to you know, fail sometimes or they're out doing an activity and you know they, they get hurt. Not that you want them to, but it's also part of growing up. You don't grow up without a few bangs and bruises along the way. And so I am just grateful that you were able to carve out a bit of time to join us and talk about trail life and talk about raising boys and the importance of that. It just in a positive, this is something that can help you in your parenting journey and help your children, help your boys learn, you know, what they can do, what they're capable of, because that's what boys, they need to know. I am capable of doing so much. And they're not going to hear that message very often, but they can. So listeners, if you have a boy or a grandbaby, a grandchild that's a a boy, and you're looking, you're looking for some ways that you can have them get outdoors, learn skills, be part of a community, serve others, develop biblical character, learn about the Lord, check it out. I have seen what they do. I've I've known Mark for a while, and I, I think it's a great organization. So Mark, Thank you for coming on the program. And I guess I would just say, leave us with one final thought. And oh, by the way, all the information, like where to find Mark at Trail Life, the Brave Books, all that will be over on the show notes at ConnieHoppers.com. So make sure, just like always, head on over there. You'll find everything that you need, all the links. Mark, would you just leave us with like a parting thought? Yeah, if it's got to be quick, let me let me do, let me advise your <laughs> listeners to do this. Go to TrailOffUSA.com right now. There's two free downloads. One is Raising Godly Boys and the other is Let Boys Be Boys. In those little tiny mini books, you will learn all the foundational things that you need to know to turn your boy into a godly man. Mm. I wrote those for Trail Life, and people said, can I get a copy of this from my son's soccer coach or kindergarten teacher, Sunday school teacher? And so we rewrote them so they can help anybody who's around boys. And so I encourage you, there's, there's lots of good stuff in there. Little short reads, but they break down. Uh, you know, I wrote them for men, so they're just headline kind of things. <laughs> but yeah, I would encourage you to reach out and you'll find a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there. I appreciate it, Mark. And guests and friends and listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your faithfulness, for sharing this show with others, and for helping to make Equip to be what it is. We would not be here without you. So have a good week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.